You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Everybody is identical in their secret, unspoken belief that way deep down, they are different from everyone else. Oh, hello there. I was just reading some David Foster Wallace. Uh, That quote was from Infinite Jest, a book I have finished. (laughs) Actually, no, that that was a little white lie I just told. Also, the name of the movie we'll be reviewing. Rather than I read that book. Yeah. Well, nobody and everybody has read The Infinite Jest, right? <laughs> so let's get on to why I brought that up, that, that little quote. This movie, A Little White Lie, is about a man living alone in New York who seems very lonely, kind of miserable, kind of schizophrenic. When he gets a call one day and asks to come speak at a college at a writer's retreat, a creative writer's retreat, because he's mistaken for a famous author who wrote an incredible book and then disappeared. It's a literary film festival. Never to be oh, seen again. It's a literary festival at a college, I thought, right? Yeah. 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 That character's name is Shriver, who's being played by Michael Shannon. Shriver also, I believe, is the name of the book that this film is based on. Yes. Director and writer Michael Marin, also in the cast, Kate Hudson, Don Johnson. It seems like that the uh, the casting director just kind of wandered into a Ryan Johnson casting party and said, hey, anybody want to read this script? And yeah. some of them hopped on board. So Shriver, which he is now calling himself, decides to attend as this author and starts writing, starts mingling with Kate Hudson, played by or Simone Cleary, played by Kate Hudson, and really getting to know the other people there, poets, other writers, people who look up to him, people who have met him but have never met him because Shriver was such an elusive, strange, mysterious, quiet person. Um, attending readings, um, Blythe Brown gives a reading on her work. She's played by Aja Naomi King. Excellent performance, by the way. And things are starting to come to a head where he's either going to start believing he really is Shriver or he's going to have to come clean that he made the whole thing up. It's really a profound look at the writing process, I thought. Not quite as profound as, say, something like Tick, Tick, Boom, and there's no music, but I enjoyed it for that. And I, you know, I actually have three aspiring creative people with me to review this. Someone who I always get a ton of uh, literary works I've never heard of, as well as film works I've never heard of, is with us, uh, Frank. Yeah, that's me. I love the obscure stuff. 
<laughs> and also we have someone who has recommended some things to me that I have heard of. Not so obscure. The <laughs> Wayne is with us. Hey, how's it going? And, you know, I always make this pun because I'm a terrible writer. Apologies to you, Ray. Ray is with us. A ray of sunshine. Hello. Now, wait, did you, were you saying that Lewayne himself is obscure or that he gives you obs- not so obscure? I don't, he lost yeah, me anyway. Not, not so, I, yeah, I lost the thread on that introduction. He says that Lewayne is, is hopelessly mainstream. Yeah, I was going to oh, say. Okay. I, 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 All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Frank is is interesting and gives him <laughs> some suggestions for things he'd not heard of, and I am just a basic bitch. No, okay. like, can you, well, can you, no, can you give him yeah, shit? I, I, I might. Shit no one's ever heard of. There's, that's the he, difference. He, and he laughs at both of us afterwards. Someone as ignorant as me has never heard of. Like, he recommended Defend Your Life to me, and I'm like, what's that? Defending oh, your life. He, Defending yes. Your Life. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, oh, I'm the basic one here. <laughs> so I apologize at projecting that onto you, Lloyd. Oh, that's okay. But what what did you all think of this movie? Um, the first thing I thought was there's a point where he first decides he's going to do this, that he refers to himself as a drunk and an imposter. And I thought, well, you're already halfway to writer right there. <laughs> you are no, him. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that was exactly the point it, it's, um, in some of this. Because it, it's really, it walks this line between having love for writing and writers in the mm-hmm. process and also poking fun at that whole thing and, and, and getting in under the skin and taking a few jabs at these people who hang out and talk about you know their uh their inspirations for their little plays that they're yeah. putting on in their living room or whatever and how maddening that can be when you're when, when you are when you're alone doing it yeah. yeah i heard this quote in a movie it's a quote that uh uh frank sinatra says um he was talking about judy garland and uh, he says every time she sang she died a little bit and uh, I can sort. The movie says that it's the same for writers, and I can sort of see that being the same for writers because it's uh, you do give so much out of you, you do lose lose something yourself, you give something yourself away when you create that much to, um, and when it's so widely received. The one of the things that I found sort of interesting about this, and you don't have to be a famous writer to have this experience. If somebody just knows you write anything they will immediately tell you about this thing they're working on and yeah. the number of the number of times people approach him not just for an autograph but a hey would you mind looking at and i'm like well you definitely don't know how this writing thing works because his answer is going to be no just from a legal standpoint no i'm not looking at your book but it it was interesting too because it like ray was saying they're poking a lot at the whole concept of writing and and imbuing it with meaning that maybe it doesn't really have because Shannon's version of Shriver doesn't really know what he's doing. I mean, he does refer to himself as an imposter and he has these bullshit answers that he throws out because he doesn't know what he's doing and they all act as if oh that was yeah. brilliant it's it's the word of god almost yeah in, at it's times very, uh, it's a very like chauncey gardner yes you know, like like uh like way of just like someone who's been mythologized so much just it's, you know it's just saying 
it can say anything and and is just is taken with um you know or is looked at with such wisdom and admiration yes that's it it's, it's really nothing at all you know well, it's what you're attaching to it well and even when people criticize him because you, you know you have newer younger more progressive and modern writers who take shots at him and he's like yeah i mean sure yeah, yeah i yeah, mean I whatever so. okay <laughs> okay Th- thank thank you for answering my question yeah yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love well do you suppose that the film has kind of a theme where the like it's hard to say like celebrity for him before he disappeared is a lot different for celebrity now. Like you yeah. almost have to be controversial, shocking and in someone's face to get that fame to go viral as they say, in order to make it big. Yeah. But they also were kind of hinting toward the fact that back in the day, whenever it was, he wrote this book Mm-hmm. Everybody loved it, and you know we had all this fawning over it. But now you've got the people making the comments on it that it would—it's it, just too much. It went too far, and you're misogynistic, right. and you're horrible, and you're—you know—you—if you wrote that today, you would be written off, right? It basically, great, it's, it's a great, um, right? It's a great comment on, uh, and I wasn't really intending to, or at least it wasn't a comment that was at the forefront. But you know, this was—you uh, know, this—I uh, think. I guess the novel that that Shriver writes was written in 2000 because this movie was this movie was being shot in 2020 and stopped and resumed in 2022. Um, but uh, it's a, it's interesting, like little take on just how much things have changed from the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. to now, which was yeah. the year I graduated high school, uh, and so oh, it, it, it feels like <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> it, you know. Uh, like yeah. a few years ago, right, Bradley? Yeah, right, Bradley. No, mine, mine feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> I don't even remember going to high school. Well, <laughs> <laughs> one of the other things they take a shot at, though, is intentionality. Like yeah. Shriver, Shriver just wrote a book, and he became a monster success. And you have a lot of the writers in the retreat and these other people he encounter who are like, "I have the next greatest thing. This is going to be wonderful." And then you find out that that Hudson's character, Simone, has actually written a couple books and they just sort of never really hit. But when Shriver reads them, he's like, these are genuinely good because he's pretending to be somebody, you know, this famous writer. But so are all of these other people. Right. They're pretending to be talented. They're pretending to have something to say. And. Whether they do or not, who knows? Because we don't really see much of anybody else's work. I think it's I think it's a little too light. Yes. For, for, for some of the areas it wants to go in, in terms of you know, because it does it is this is an existential you know sort of fable, and it does have bits of dark humor in there, but it's all played too lightly most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time, and I think it's it it undersells. Um, the story it undersells a lot of like a lot of the stuff that we've said about it so far. I think know? that was the one thing when I watched it that you know I got done watching it and I liked it, but I also was like, 
I also feel like that was missing. There's something missing. And I think yeah. that that was the tone. I think you've hit it on the head. I think that was the tonal problem with the film. I either yeah. wanted it to be this lighthearted comedy about this, you know, fish out of water guy and right. you know, we're somewhere he wasn't supposed to be, or I wanted them to go full into the dark, you know, like, here's like a, a, here's an author who, you know, went down such a rabbit hole that he not only, you know, gets to a point where he thinks I have to lie about being this guy, but starts to question whether he actually is yeah, yeah. Right. that yeah. author. And it could be like, it's uh, th- I think they should have gone more like a Charlie Kaufman sort of route. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, yeah. But, 100%. And, but I think they, they just played it safe ultimately. And in the end, we just get this little like farcical, like, Yes. Are you him? Are you him? No, I'm him. And sort of. Yeah, like, I'm oh, him. Right. You're him. Yeah. And we've got you've got Michael Shannon in the role who could, to- you know, right. who we yeah. see in these smaller pieces can <laughs> totally handle this. If he didn't know he could before, right. I mean, you've got these pieces where you're like, he can totally handle going down that dark path. He can right. totally right. handle playing both sides of it. He can totally. Yeah. And it kind of we get a little bit of that, but then the rest of the time it gets wasted. So I am. Um... There. And I, I don't want to shortchange some of the the comedy even though the comedy belongs no. to a different film Mm-mm. yeah there there True. are still some jokes that work i think like the, the when they're having their initial meeting the the professors about whether or not to um invite shriver to the <laughs> yes. to the to the festival <laughs> uh-huh to give a keynote was just i thought that was just like one laugh after another and, and good laughs too but it's just it's always at odds with like what uh some of the deeper meanings of this movie are well that was yeah initially yeah. watching it i it it took me a while to watch probably the first half hour of it because I've got this really huge like personal issue with um, sympathetic embarrassment. And so like I, I struggle sometimes when you've got characters that are that are not just a little awkward, but like things really are. And then after a while, I'm like, well, there's no consequences for any of this. It doesn't matter. So then I was like, OK, this is fine. I can get through it. And then as we get further along, we discover that. There's a murder investigation now of his yeah. of Shriver because like, yeah, when was the last time you saw your ex-wife who is murdered in the book? And we notice nobody seems to know where she is now. I'm like, well, this took a different turn. So then I was expecting it to be to make that transition. And then, like you said, it has a sort of a farcical ending to it. I think that there was like some nerves maybe attached. To this. I mean, this was originally titled Shriver. And, you know, even that one, just having, I'll just watch the film now, you can see just how almost provocative and telling that title is for, for this film. Just Shriver, um, in a, like a philosophical way. But then, but then to, like, change it to A Little White Lie, I mean, that does sort of speak to, like, how unsure yeah. the, the filmmakers yeah. were about this, sadly. You know, you could, I could hear the pitch meeting where they're like, so should this be there's been a murder <laughs> or should it be, Hey, there's been a murder. Cha, 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 right. cha. You know, you're back because, in Marlow now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> because it, <laughs> we don't know. We, and I think it's ambiguous in how they want you to feel, at least in those regards, yeah. but they have a lot of like Don Johnson and Kate Hudson have incredible comedic chemistry together. Yeah. And I'm kind of sad. Yeah. I don't get to see them more often. Yeah, the, yeah. Acting, the acting in this all the way around is, yeah. is good. Well, I had a little problem with Zach Braff, but I've, I've got a love hate with Zach Braff anyway. That may just sure. be me, but. <laughs> and w- Wendy Malick makes an appearance. I know. 
Are that could be completely that? jettisoned from the film. She's just she plays Doctor Bedrosian, who just loves betting famous authors. That's her whole character, and I I actually I love that actress. I love that actress when she's a voice actress too. Shout out to the Owl House. I think she's brilliant. So even though I'm admitting right now that could have just been tossed from the movie, I I still enjoyed it. <laughs> but let's carry that into our final thoughts. Lohane, <laughs> would you start for us, please? Um, it's. <laughs> I was about to say it's fine. Uh, it's better than fine because I usually use fine to say that. Mm, well, it's okay. There are. There are good moments in it, and I think there are more good moments than ones that make you go, "Eh, I don't know. It is reminiscent of something like being there. Um, It's it's always interesting to see what Shannon's going to do with whatever role he's got. Hudson is is delightful because she's not over the top and silly. She still has a sort of romantic arc, but it's not like all the rom-coms she used to do. Um, <laughs> I forgot Don Johnson's really funny and I'd like to see him do that more. Um, yeah, the cast is pretty good. Um, the, the tone's a little weird, like we said. Um, so it's better than average. I'm going to give it a uh, 3.25 Shrivers out of five. <laughs> Very good. Frank. Uh, yeah, I think uh, all I can do is just quickly re- reiterate what I already said. I think that the, the tone is really what is, uh, um, is really what's causing this movie to not work as well as, as it could have, because there is some great dialogue here. The premise is so great. And all the plot points, I think, work. I don't think that there's anything here that happens that's uh, in terms of twists and turns and, um, you know, character motivations or development that that does not serve um the intrigue of the initial premise and it you know there is some telling commentary here that and it it doesn't hit you over the head really it just sort of like you know it just surprises you just shows up you know you know into your psyche oh yes yeah i agree with that uh i think this cast is great i do like that kate hudson she is the female lead here but this is uh not the Kate Hudson um, from past, you know, leading turns. Uh, she she is a romantic here, but she's also someone who's very sort of uh, resigned herself to uh, the fact that her hopes and dreams and her aspirations, you know, they're either grinding to a halt or they're just, uh, you know, they're, they're barely kept alive. And um, this really does remind me of uh, Paul Oster. If anybody out there has read Paul Oster, no. <laughs> Another one of my obscure, obscure names, Bradley. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting it into my Goodreads must must read list right um, now. He's he's a postmodernist um, fiction writer out of you know, he's he's very very East Coast and one of his famous for his most famous works is the New York Trilogy, which is a novel in that's you know separated in three parts and the first part is called City of Glass. So I'm always attracted when movies are sort of Oster esque and this one, this one is for the most part. Um, I liked it. I wish I would have liked it more. But uh, I was pleased. I was pleased. So uh, I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 people you find yourself sitting next to on an airplane that just happen to be going to the same 
shindig you are because that happened to me last year. I sat next to this really, really annoying, loud snoring guy on an international flight only to find out he was going on the same destination wedding cruise that I was going on to meet, to meet my best friend. <laughs> Ray. This, I think we've hit it on the head, is that this movie has a tonal problem. And I don't want to say that in... in tell you oh god now you don't you can't watch this movie because it's got this tonal problem it's it's not glaring but it is there um and what saves it for me ultimately are the performances uh you know again we've mentioned kate hudson and we've mentioned that even though there is she's the romantic and there's a romantic arc it's not your stereotypical romantic comedy film role for her and of course we got michael shannon acting his butt off you know and 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 playing kind of a dual role here and i i totally appreciate that we've said we've got don johnson being funny i grew up with don johnson man i miss him in movies i do i just i just do yeah everything from you know watching him on uh on miami vice to you know harley davidson and the marlboro man you know i i just i i totally miss seeing don johnson run around on screen and and you're right he's funny and he's, he's funny. riding a horse. Bring, he's riding a horse. Exactly. <laughs> bring, bring him back. Put him on a horse again. I don't care. You know, bring him back. Put him in some more movies. Uh, so that is is one of the things that really uh, brings this movie up for me, or is the casting and the performances. Uh, and of course, there's there's that behind the scenes thing a little bit. I've, I don't really hang out at literary festivals. I've not been to those, but I do film festivals all the time, which I know a lot of a lot of us in this room do, and we see some of the same types of things. We see those people who are so in awe of somebody when they say something, some director, he can do no wrong no matter what. And, oh yeah. And read my script. Can you, will you read my script? Read my script. I've got a script. Read my script. Oh my God. So there were, there were little funny things like that in there that I appreciated just because I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. (laughs) Um, But you don't have to have run around at a festival to appreciate uh, the good things about this movie. And, it's a, it's a little film, kind of, even though it's got some big stars. It's, it feels like a little film. I hope it gets seen. But I, I really do hope that this gets out there and gets seen by some people. Um, and again, maybe that causes other people to cast Don, Don Johnson in some more things. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. Let's see, 7 out of 10 free tote bags. Well, for me, I'm a pretty avid reader. I like to claim that I am, at, at least. <laughs> And you finished a lot of novels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished finished a ton of novels. All the so many novels. One day in this book club, I say, Holden Caulfield, that's for a character from Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye. That's too popular. To Brat, kind of a loser. I don't get the hype. Kind of a toxic prick. And this this woman who me and my wife are friends with to this day was like, well, it's kind of a rude thing to say, though, isn't it? And I'm like, whoa, I I just thought that was the edgy, cool thing to say. And she's like, oh, well, you get that he's depressed, right? And my trifling ass, that blew my mind. Like, Holden Caulfield's depressed? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah, it's not even subtext, Brad. That's like text. He's still a toxic and prick, though. The, the point of my anecdote Because I thought, maybe I should start, like, really feeling for myself when I read and not 
kind of trying to use books to fit into other people's, you know, niches and make friends that way. And it's worked out in spades for me, like telling people how I actually feel about what I've read or what I've seen or what I've watched ended me up on a podcast. Go figure. (laughs) So Michael Shannon's performance when he's reading something that he wrote at the hotel that he's staying at, that moved me to tears. And I felt a little silly, like, oh, my gosh, this is just such a strangely toned movie though like we've all discussed why am i crying but then another character was crying and i felt okay like all right okay they're supposed to feel this way i'm not confused so in short i think this really nails what it means to want to read and want to write even though it's pretty muddled and also i all watch michael shannon in anything i even watch 99 homes which isn't great that's a hard but what an amazing watch. performance yeah that that's, that's a, exactly very hard very depressing film to watch because people are still feeling the bite of that kind of housing crisis to this day but this one i'm also going to go with 7 out of 10 water stains on the ceiling that used to be small but <laughs> you didn't take care of it you know and that's what happens 